anymore, Susan, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to learn that all four of them habitually smoke marijuana cigarettes. Reefers. Welcome to the Smoke Circle, where we take a deep dive into everything under the sun. And now, here's your host, Up in Smoke and Matt Totes. Whoa, gentlemen. How we doing, y'all? Today we have Flashover, and of course we got Matt. Uh, but today we're going to talk about Star Wars. And, and since Flash is old as shit and he's actually got to see it live, so we're going to actually talk to him about when he was three years old and was in the movie theaters a little bit about that. And then we'll just do some random facts about Star Wars and what we like about Star Wars and all that fun jazz. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. Happy to, to hang out with you guys and uh, and chill for a little bit. It's always good to see you. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that was quite an experience. I remember, you know, I have two older brothers, so, you know, they, they of course wanted to go and do their stuff. So, um, they wanted to go see it. So ended up taking me along and, um, it was just, just different. It was not like a normal movie, you know? Yeah. But what was funny is like George Lucas thought it was going to fucking flop so hard that he was like off somewhere else while it was doing its premiere, like making, getting ready to like come up with the idea for, um, uh, Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was out just making the ideas for Jurassic Park. Cause he's like, nah, this shit's going to flop. It's not going to work. Never going to work. Never going to do anything. And then it was so growing up, the story that I heard was, is that George had about 57 episodes, um, in his head, ready to go yeah. that he could literally write it all out and be ready to go. He took, um, when he started making Star Wars and writing and what he could write, he ended up with so many episodes, so many variations and all these other characters that he had come up with. Um, the beginning portion of it was for the most part, um, cause you got to think this is back in the seventies when he really started doing this. Um, and he, uh, he, he kind of said when he pitched it to the, the studio, most studios turned him down, but when he, when he got to the one that kind of wanted it, he said, we'll take it, but you got to start at like episode five or episode three or whatever, or four. And, um, the reason was, is because everything else was kind of bureaucratic cool. and kind of yeah. boring. And, and a lot of it was that technology wasn't there yet mm-hmm. so that he could start making those, um, Properly. making those, those movies and special effects and all those things that he wanted to make. And then by the final and, time uh, he did, he just completely screwed it up because he sold out. But that's, that's yeah. another thing. <laughs> <laughs> another story for another day, right? But I think it was funny. Like, I don't understand why they took, I think R2-D2 would have been funnier if they had left him the way he was initially as doing like all these weird insults, like you mindless, useless philosopher and you're nothing more than a dim-witted, emotionless, brainless, intellectual and fun shit like that. But in other words, they like took all this lines out and you made him do beeps and boops instead. Like, why? I don't know, but I think it would have been funnier. Seriously, like well, just him just like they, giving them shit all the time would have been hilarious. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Just just running around and bumping in people's legs. Um he, he was. He was originally supposed to not even have a personality. Yeah. And 
he ended up developing it. It, it was like the story of Boba Fett. Yeah. You know, Boba Fett, where we're getting ready to see Disney release this Boba Fett thing. Um, but Boba Fett was literally supposed to be like a six minute, you know, character. Yeah. And everybody fell in love with just that little bit of whatever he did. Whatever he did, yeah. And um, Jeremy uh, Bullock, um, you know, his performance was just incredible. And that's why they were like, oh, we have to have more of this guy, you know. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of how it, it turned out. But, of course, you don't see him till the second, yeah. the second uh, till Empire. So, Did you know about the original ending? It, the original a ending of... that Luke Skywalker was supposed to have turned evil and actually joined the dark side with his father, and then they just go off into like the sunset, basically father and son, just ruling the empire. Yeah, and, and so um, I think it was it went along the same lines of what happened at the end of Return of the Jedi, because the original name of Return of the Jedi was going to be Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah. And George Lucas just said, that's not the Jedi way that, you know, he, he is not supposed to want revenge. Yeah. So it was kind of the same thing with, um, with that first one, um, at the ending. And I, I can't, I don't know, man, I'm a sucker for the OG ones that used to record off the TV because, you know, the cantina scene was almost empty and, oh, yeah. you know, I don't like these remastered ones that they did. Yeah. I have a, copies of the old uh, vhs still so that i can watch the old re before they remake everything if i want to as long as those things are still holding up but yeah. that technology eventually i'm probably gonna have to like i'm probably gonna just like get one of those tape to digital converter things and just do all that but yoda was almost a monkey though that shit's crazy yoda was almost a monkey yeah. which was crazy um frank oz always was supposed to do yoda yeah yeah he was the master puppeteer i mean yep. come on you can't do it he, he, he was that. yeah you can't do anything without frank oz yeah but uh yeah yoda was originally going to be a monkey which was which would have been crazy for me because then you know we would have still got the lines but never got the look and you know everybody's dog if you pull their ears down just a little bit on their side looks like so yoda. apparently in orders in the last jedi uh, apparently, Carrie Fisher slapped Oscar Isaac more than forty times in the first day of shooting. That does not surprise me at all. <laughs> let, let me tell you, everything that I have seen, read, heard about Carrie Fisher, um, she was a pistol on everything she did. Um, she was just, and that's why she was addicted to so many um, drugs she, and alcohol. And yeah, she, that apparently that's because she had it like because it was difficult to get that scene right where she slaps him. And so they yeah. had to do it like 40 fucking times. I cannot imagine that, dude. I can't imagine anybody. My my face would be numb. Just completely numb. <laughs> oh, Boba Fett appeared in a country fair parade, apparently. Most people believe mm -hmm. that the legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett first appeared in the 1980s. The Empire Strikes Back, but hardcore fans know what happened a little earlier in a much maligned Star Wars holding special in 1978. They were way too... They'd be too wrong, too. His history went back a little further. First time anyone set eyes on Boba Fett was September 24th, 1978, during the San Anselmo County Fair Parade in California. The yep. townspeople were the only one lucky enough to get an advanced look at the what would become one of Star Wars' most loved baddies because they shared a zip code with 52 Parkway, the original headquarters of Lucasfilms. That's right. And he uh, he was in that ho that that Godforsaken yeah. holiday special too. Yeah. That nobody likes and nobody yeah. wants to ever see again. That's the one bane of 
of existence right now. So, um, which is crazy. Did you know how Samuel Jackson had his uh, lightsaber engraved with a bad word? <laughs> uh, I did, and I also know that he custom picked his color. Oh yeah, too. yeah, he picked that color. So, there, there, yeah. There's red, there's blue, and then Samuel L. Jackson's like, "I want a goddamn purple one." <laughs> I want purple. All right, you're Samuel L. Jackson. You can have fucking purple. We'll figure it out how to figure it out later, or we'll just say fuck it. He had a purple lightsaber because he's Samuel L. Motherfucking Jackson, and it's the only way we could get him in the movie is if we gave him a purple lightsaber. Give him a purple lightsaber. Yeah, no, and you know he'll be back. Yeah. You know nobody really even. I mean, it's like soap operas. Nobody really dies anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's just hilarious that he decided to engrave something funny like that, though. You know, this, he just had a grave motherfucker. He has to do that on everything. Oh, know? yeah. That's his name. I mean, that's his, like, trade Motherfucker Samuel L. Jackson. Tired of all these goddamn snakes. All these goddamn flames. Matty Tokes, you over there all quiet, man. What is up? You don't know much about uh, Star Wars. Battle in the cold. Oh, battle in the oh, cold man. today, man. Oh, that sucks. It does suck. That does suck. Uh, I'm still on vacation, so I'm chilling uh, like a villain. I ain't been doing nothing all day. Yeah. So I'm getting yelled at. <laughs> so, um, what made you get into Star Wars? Started like liking them and. You know, I don't know. I think it was a lot of um, my older brothers were big into sci-fi. You know, they liked that whole, um, you know, space odyssey kind of thing. Um, And I think it was just them dragging me to everything they went to, you know. And um, I I was six and eight years old, years younger than, than my brothers. And uh, it was just, um, it, it was, they took us to everything. And so I think it got me started there. Um, same thing with like, um, heavy metal music. I mean, I think it, it, it was what they liked and it was, I mean, it was naturally what was played in the house. I mean, you know, my mom and dad, my dad, um, uh, my dad was born in the thirties, I think it was. So his music was all crooners and really old jazz and stuff like that nothing wrong with old jazz no i love it to death and even even today as a musician it has given me a newfound um love for a lot of that but um i think just them dragging and playing that stuff and you know getting all the action figures i remember and i probably still have them somewhere um my middle brother um collected all the Saturday morning cartoons that came out of the or out of the newspaper every Sunday there was a Star Wars cartoon that was drawn that was cartoon panel that was drawn and he cut them all out and saved every single one of them and that and like baseball cards with cartoon with Star Wars characters on them so this was not something that it was um, I don't think I chose to hang out with or I chose to be around I think it was more, um, this is the way it is in our house and this is what we do and and you're going to like it or you're just going to be bored all the time. So that's kind of, that's kind of the way it turned out for me was, it was just everywhere all the time for us, you know? 
kind of how everybody gets introduced yeah. to it, I think. For me, it was my dad because he loved Star Wars and he loved Star Trek too. So I was just kind of like, he just threw both of them at me and Batman and all that fun jazz. So kind of just getting yep. fall in love with whatever your parents or your siblings are involved in a lot of the time. So I did. I I I loved Star Trek too and and all that old stuff. Um, I did not get into Doctor Who until after, uh, till the newer ones came yeah. out, um, because that's when they really started getting good. The, the cool, original ones from the, the 60s. New doc, well, that one of the newer Doctors, whenever he came out with his freaking guitar, dude, I was like, that's sick as hell. I was like, what? <laughs> He's just going to change I it all like, up and come out with a guitar. I'm like, that's I, dope. I wasn't all crazy about it, man. I was like, uh, they're trying to mash that up too much, you know? <laughs> the British well, are trying to work they, on it. They're thinking about female Doctors and shit, too, so why not? They did a yeah, female doctor I mean, now too, so why not? Yeah. And she's doing a great job, so screw it. Yeah, exactly. You know, now it's all about um, you know, you think of what Star Wars has spawned. Yeah. And I mean, you know, my brothers went through the neighborhood trying to film little movies. I mean, it, it turned everybody into a little little movie, you know, a little producer. Yeah. And I think uh, in a lot of what we do as streamers, um, as people who play games, I mean, that goes hand in hand. We're, we're inspired by that kind of thing. For me, and my so, original like go-to of filming something was like, cause I'm a nineties kid was fucking jackass stunts. Me and my oh buddies God. were doing goddamn jackass stunts <laughs> and we were filming it with our phones and putting that shit on YouTube. I literally jumped off of my back porch with an exercise ball strapped to my chest. I don't know how I didn't die, but the thing popped as I fucking hit the ground. Uh, my buddy's you, like, that, like that a, explains a lot. He's like that a, explains a lot. giant <laughs> of a dude, and I had him like charge down a hill because he played football. He was a linebacker, dude, big motherfucker. I had the thing strapped to my chest, and I went flying like forty feet backwards. <laughs> it was hilarious, dude. But that's the kind that of crap crazy. that we would do, like just because, like, because we're bored. And you're yeah, but you got to remember when I where nowhere, I grew yeah. up. You know, I'm 48 years old, which is not not too old. But when I grew up, you know, there was no, there was there was none of this anywhere. You know, yeah. you well, that was just starting you... to happen. We had flip phones yeah. and shit. No, it wasn't great we, footage. Way back. I mean, you're not, you didn't even have video cameras that were this big yet. You yeah. had, you know, this the one that I remember them using. Literally, you put it on your shoulder. Oh yeah, and dude. Held it up. Oh, that I mean, giant it fucking was thing. So big. It was like this thing, and you put the you put the cassette in it, you know, and close the door. I mean, I'm like, wow. And then they got the smaller wow. cassette. Yeah. Yep. And then you had to put that smaller cassette in into the big cassette to put it in actually in your tape player to, put to it watch in, actually it. in the yeah actually in the VCR. Yep. <laughs> I had one. My parents had one of those. I remember those things right oh well. God. My first game system was an Atari still. So like I'm I'm old enough okay. that I knew that shit because okay. that was my dad's old system and he gave it to me, and because he was too cheap to buy us anything. Well, that new. was my second. My first was Pong, which was basically just a yeah, just one game thing and 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 one little thing like this. I played plenty of Pong. Yeah. My favorite game was Atari. You had this and one button. You know. My favorite game was freaking Pitfall. Loved Pitfall. Oh, Pitfall was the worst. That and E.T. was the worst. Dude, I love every time you game. fell that you sounded like you were farting. Like, so as a little kid, oh. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yep. Because the sound effects were so terrible that it sounded like you just ripping ass every time you fell instead yep. of just falling. Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, that's but back funny. on Star Wars, um, did you know that it actually almost started an actual war? The first one? <laughs> 
because apparently they were on like a border of the, uh, the Tuscany that shared a border with Libya, and apparently yeah. they reportedly the Tuscany government received threats from Gaddafi, warning that a conflict was inevitable. They remove a military vehicle from the Libyan border, which that vehicle was actually a sand crawler. So Lucas got yeah. it the fuck up out of there because he didn't want to start yeah. an international incident. Yeah, over there in Tunisia when they were filming all that stuff. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I had not. I had not thought about that in years, but but yeah, I definitely knew that that was um, that that was what was going on, and it was like 117 degrees out there, and just so hot. And I remember seeing like the the behind the scenes specials, yeah, and them, you know, they were talking about special effects and using pyrotechnics, like real pyrotechnics, to, to. you know, and, and they would work for like three months to blow up something <laughs> only to have it sit there on the screen for like a half a second. Yeah. And I'm like, get that mess. That's just way too, way too difficult. That's way too difficult. And they had yeah. to protect Chewbacca from uh, bear hunters whenever they were filming in, uh, what was it, the Redwood Forest of Northern California? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's like a yeah. giant mother. Dude, he's a that, giant bear. Peter Mayhew is a big man. He's not like, he's not like, he's not a very wide man, but he is tall as hell. That dude yeah. was tall. Like, yep. I can't. Seven they, they had to use. A, they, they literally had to go hire a Ukrainian basketball player to fill his place for the new movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that's how tall he is. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, he is crazy, and just and the, that he, talented that as an actor too. Like, purvey all those like, those like actions and like feeling and shit while like not saying a real word, but at the same yeah. time, yeah. we fall in love with you. <laughs> oh yeah like and, as a character because like he was that like he, you could like understood what he was trying to convey without saying anything can you imagine just being in that suit for oh that long 16 20 and it's not like today where like they give like you like this like giant robotic suit thing where like it air conditions you and everything at the same time Mm-mm. that's what they did Back for then. haggard that's what they did for haggard Haggard yeah. is actually a really small British man inside of yeah. this giant fucking bodysuit with all this like but animatronics. They only needed him for like certain shots, forced yeah. perspective shots. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not a filmmaker, so but but it blows me away. Yeah, he yeah. was not no, a really exactly there. Right. <sighs> yeah, and, and now they're they're coming out with even more bigger um, motion enabled suits, so that you know when you're at Disney and you want to go hug. Sully and Mike Wazowski, you can. That's dope. <laughs> I wanted to be Rafiki. I actually tried out to actually be Rafiki for the parks because I wanted to just like tap kids on the head and say it's in the past. <laughs> it's in the past. Right? Yeah. No, I, uh, you know, I have not been down to the Star Wars experience down there. I've not been down there to Batu. I hear it is amazing. Yeah. Um, the uh, Animal Planet's and- fun, uh, too. Uh, that's yeah. that they have too. I don't know if you ever got to go see the Animal Planet down mm-hmm. in Florida. Like that place is dope because they have Rafiki and all like all the different Lion King characters up in there. Cool. Yeah. Oh, you mean the you mean the Animal um, Kingdom? Yeah, Animal Kingdom. Yeah, sorry. The yeah yeah. Now we went the opening year. Um, we went down there and saw a bunch of stuff, and that was the year like Ants came out, which yeah. was in '98, I think it was when we got married, yeah. and that was where we did our honeymoon. So we yeah. went down there. 
I always remember um, that. I don't know if they still even have it now because of how old the movie is, but like the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids exhibit was always like the coolest thing. Like walking through all the that giant the freaking like thing. food and shit. Like, I was yeah, like, that this... was the coolest thing. And I think it was like old set pieces that they had just taken from the set and they're like, we might as well reuse this shit because that's what it looked like. It looked like this like yeah. old set pieces that they're like, we can let kids just use this as a giant playground in our theme park because we made yeah. all this giant shit that's not getting <laughs> used for anything else. Well, and it was like Star Tours, you know, yeah. when, when when you went down there for Star Tours, it, it was great because you, you didn't have to. Um, um, Comic-Con. Yeah, well, oh, Comic-Con's don't even start. I don't even know. Do I have it? Do I have it? Hold on. Do I have it right here where I can reach it? Um, oh, come on. Where is it? So I have. Um, so I have a. Celebration three, which is a um, which is a replica lightsaber that's about this big, but it is from one of the big Celebration Comic Cons, which is the the one in California. Somebody brought me. Um, it was amazing, and I don't know if you can see back here, but I do have my my R two D two Xbox three sixty still sitting back here, nice. and my um my r2d2 that's about that big that actually moves and talks and all that kind of stuff so um i had the gears of war one oh oh shit uh there were several direct references of the godfather throughout the franchise what oh that makes sense because of of godfather because of like job of the hut and shit yep he was um and it was funny they're bringing a lot of that back out into um uh, Boba Fett stuff because he's kind of taken over for Jabba the Hutt um, through the Mandalorian. I, I'm glad to see that they're expanding a lot of this universe. Um, I've been reading. Go ahead. In sync was supposed. Oh, Matt, Matt, did you have oh, something? No. I, I thought Matt was going to say something. Uh, oh, okay. I was going to say, In sync originally uh, was in, supposed to be an attack at the clones, but their scenes got know. cut. Like, because Joey Fatone remembered that the only direction they were given was pretend like you're fighting droids, and we don't know if they ever did well, but they like suited up in like Jedi Knight armor and everything and fought droids. Yeah, that's a big thing now is is cameos. Yeah, and not finding. I mean, which cameos have been going on for so so long? When you think it, you know, the first one that everybody comes to mind is Stan Lee, but yeah, you know, Peter Jackson was in all three of the or all of the lord of the ring movies i think he did that because of stan though he could have because he's he like because like, was... you know like he's doing that kind of a nerdy franchise you know he loves stan oh, lee God, too yeah. so he's like oh, yeah. if i do this stan will love me <laughs> i think I, I think with with peter jackson he was more i want to keep it true to the books true to what um that's you know and so that's freaking long. that's another thing i read most of the books around all of this stuff. So they've got a book that's about um, Thrawn, who uh, was big in the Ahsoka series and big in the um, um, Mandalorian now. He's getting ready to be big into that. Um, And then they're going to make a movie or a a show based on him. Um, But they actually was a a book that was called uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunters. Mm -hmm. And the one, and it's a group of stories, and one particular scene in each story is 
them meeting in that cantina in Star Wars. That's cool. And it's kind of cool because it's it's basically all the the bounty hunters like IG-88, like Dengar, like, you know, um, Boba Fett, all of them. And it's really amazing to hear what their st- – Greedo, um, why he was there. Um, but it was it, – what was amazing was hearing all the different backstories and after that that occurred to get them into that spot at that moment with Han Solo, Chewie, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Luke Skywalker, and then the droids. So it, it was really awesome. And and reading the books, you, you got that expanded universe. And what you're finding out with Star Wars Rebels and um, all the new kind of cartoons that they, that they have coming out, they're expanding a lot of that universe, yeah. which I think is just absolutely incredible. I love it. How did we know that Ewoks' names were Ewoks? Because, like, they never told us. And, like, as we were leaving the movie, somehow we all knew what they were called. But, like, the toy told us later. But, like, during the movie in The Return of the Jedi, they never said the word Ewok ever. They, like, told us by his name was Wicket. And then, like, we seen the character and we seen the whole village. But nobody ever said the word Ewok. But yet I remember leaving that theater knowing that's name was Ewok. But the toys weren't out yet. It's because of the, um... Like it's the like, holiday specials. That's one of those crazy cultural phenomenon type of things that you're like, how the fuck did I know what the hell that thing was called before <laughs> like I knew what the hell that thing was called? Wing. Yeah. So Matt, to answer your question, um, it's hard to say. I think um, with the new stuff that Disney Plus has been putting together, um, which which. I'm not going to tell you whether I'm, I'm, I like Disney having control or not, but I mean, but George Lucas got pretty good. George Lucas got paid. So that's all he's got to say. Um, I loved the movies. I think um, there were a couple that could have been done a little differently and, and done well, but I see a lot of the spinoff movies like rogue one, like solo that have been done. Absolutely amazing. Um, you know, when you look at when you look at both sides of it, I absolutely love seeing um, great movies come through, and um, seeing the great TV shows come out too, because it it just it expands that universe, you know, and and then you get those stories the people that were born in the nineties, <coughs> um, you know, that were, um, you know, they were like, oh wow, did you know that you know. So and so did that. So and so, and you're like, yeah, that's like old news. So, um, like Cindy Williams was supposed to play uh, Princess Leia. Princess Leia, yep. yeah. Um, which uh, so that was Carrie? Just, go ahead. It was George's uh, reason that he's the reason. Like he saw her on American Graffiti. Uh, yeah, and he's like, she's the only one that can play the princess. Sorry. So him and him and Spielberg went to toe to toe on that. Yeah, they, even, they even they even did. There's even some early footage of Cindy Williams like b rolling it, and he didn't like it. Yeah, so I, I think that's what it comes down to is is the the chemistry, and you just kind of know. Yeah, it was like I mean, can you there. imagine at this point in time? Just think, can you imagine anybody else playing Penny but Kaylee Cuoco? Yeah, no, you can't. And nobody really know really realizes that you know that Russ from Christmas Vacation is really Leonard yeah. from 
Big the Big Bang, Bang Theory. Yeah. yeah. So, and that he also I mean, it's played the, uh, the dude in Roseanne. Yeah. Most people forget like, that he was what? in Roseanne. I was like, yeah, he was in Roseanne. Yeah, totally in Roseanne. Yeah, so. like he was like her boyfriend. Yeah. So, Matt? Hmm. You got something? Hmm. No. He has those really long-winded answers. You want to know something that you huh. can't see? <laughs> Some that yeah, if you see it, you're never going to be able to unsee it. Qui Gon uh, communicator was actually a lady's razor. Yes, I heard that, and I knew that. Um, and, and the the amazing things that they see, uh, that they use everyday things, were just a crazy. Yeah. I mean, one of the ships is actually a um, uh, a shampoo bottle, and the way they built it, and the way they um, they just scrapped other models to use yeah. uh, you know the the batmobile is actually on the millennium falcon down at disney nice so i don't think you can see it real clear but it's in one of the circular things up on the bottom and i think you can walk around there it's actually painted gray to match everything else but it is a hundred percent look it up it's a hundred percent the batmobile in there oh I've seen some like reproduction Batmobiles and shit, but I've never seen like the actual one. Well, this one is one of the little small models. Yeah. Yeah. Or the toys or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's it's nutty how they just kit bashed a lot of different models and things to put things together to make it work. Partially because of budget, partially because of time. I would have liked to have been at that party. Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Monty Python, and the Rolling Stones. That sounds like a dope oh, party. That sounds like a dope party. You apparently, know there was some stuff going on there. Yeah, apparently during the filming of The Empire Strikes Back, they partied with all of them together. Yep. Oh, that's pretty crazy. Oh, B.D. Williams was there, too. Billy D. Williams yep. was there, too. Billy D. Williams. Oh, fucking yeah. if Lando was there, dude, shit was going down. Shit was going down. Lando liked the party. He was cool. He was the cool guy. Lando got... Lando got high as shit back in the day. You could totally tell. Because, <laughs> you know, he walked in there and, and you know. He just admitted just, cool. Just, up? yeah, just totally did it, man. He, like, he was like. He, he's kind of like the Fez, or not Fez. Um, uh, what is, uh, freaking, uh, shoot. I'm trying to make the reference. Hey. Uh, what's his name? From Happy Times. Um, oh, from um the Fonz, Fonz from Happy yes, Days. Thank you. Yeah. He's oh, like, totally. He yeah. totally was. And, and they could not have picked anybody better to play him in the solo movie yep. because you know, when he walks in, he you know, he just commands that you know he is the shiznizzle. He's yeah, he the gambler that you wanna Yeah. He he was the Kenny Rogers of that time. Yeah. He's not to be fucked with. Nope. Star Wars is ranked number two. Number two in all time. Gross. Total gross. Yeah. Oh, total gross. Behind who? I'm just curious. Marvels. Oh, well, that makes oh, sense. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. They have the whole franchise. That's because of the youngins. <laughs> Wizarding World of Harry Potter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and that's the thing. You know, there, there are so many people now that just don't get the whole um, um, Star Wars thing. And it, it it's ingrained in so many people and, and the catchphrases, you know, I love you, I know, 
you know, those kind of things that are, are, you know, I got to get, I got a bad feeling about this. Um, you know, all those little phrases that are, have worked into people's lives now. Um, and that's where it started was those movies was that story of just, you know, George Lucas writing things down and coming off of American graffiti and thinking about Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park and all those. It's just crazy that he's kind of mellowed out now. I wish that he was still, everybody wishes that he was in his prime. Did you know Obi-Wan Kenobi, Sir Alec Guinness almost didn't play Obi-Wan Kenobi because he dismissed it as uh, fairy tale rubbish at first? He did. That's right. He did not want to play that role. And then once he read it, he was like, okay, I'll do it. And, and, and he, had, he was he such... had some strict demands too. He only returned to filming the day of the filming if they started at 830 and ended by one. And he received a quarter of 1% of the movie's gross in return. That deal made him millions. <laughs> oh, more than millions. It was crazy. Um, you know, and you got to understand, Alec Guinness has been making movies for, hey, he'd been making movies for 60 years before that point. Yeah, and that was only a half a day's of work that he basically did in that movie. Yeah. He got paid. Bang. He was old. He was old, you know. And I'm I'm really hoping this Obi-Wan TV show they're coming out with is, is going to be amazing. Yeah. I can't wait for that. I'm glad that all the original characters are still signing on because, you know, if Hayden Christensen didn't play Anakin, if you know, you'd um, notice it and it wouldn't feel the you same. You and McGregor didn't play Obi Wan, and I think those are those are stories that need to be told. There are so many people out there that don't that that see what's just in that little purview of that movie, and they don't see the rest of it. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. crazy. Absolutely crazy. Oh. And the green skin monster. Han Greedo. Solo was not originally the roguish smuggler fans loved. Lucas' early script had him as a minor character who was undercover operative with green skin and gills. Yeah. And uh, Lucas explained Han Solo did not start out as a monster or a strange alien character, but I found settling in him on being human so that he'd be more relationship between Luke, Leia, and Han. And yep. that's where Chewbacca came in as the kind of alien sidekick. Yeah. And, and he, you know, you can't imagine him as anything else. No, yeah, that that'd be weird. Debonair, like, smuggler. Yeah. Like th there were so many people that dressed up as him for Halloween. Like after that movie came out, like that would have been weird. Like seeing a bunch of people dressed up as a weird. Alien oh yeah. Creature. And, and so many women up. are now copying that look with the vet, the vest oh, yeah. and the white shirt and the doing their own take on it. Yeah. <laughs> have fun. That's right. The Millennium Falcon was created from a junk car and airplane parts taken from dumping grounds and similar sources. That is, there it is. There's the picture of it. That's crazy. Yep. It's kid bashing, man. It's taken from all kinds of other stuff. And um, they have done so much um, putting things together. And you don't realize, you don't realize how much of it is just slapped in there. You know, just slapped in there, you know, um, I didn't know what, you know, how this was going to turn out, but we're just going to, we're just going to 
put this here, put this there, spray paint it, give it a little aging, boom. It's part of it now. Apparently, uh, Hamill was having difficulties filming the scenes on Dagobah with Yoda and the Empire Strikes Back. So to help him, they brought in, uh, Frank Oz brought in Miss Piggy, who was voiced to cheer him up. Like he was like off oh, scene, God, just doing funny. Miss Piggy's voice for him. Well, you know, there was such a delay between um, Star Wars and Empire because Mark Hamill was in a car accident. He actually made a um, another movie, which is actually a really good, it's kind of cheesy, but it's a really good movie called Corvette Summer. And um, I remember seeing this movie where they, they literally hand built this, this Corvette and he, um, uh, he got in a car accident and it messed his face up. And so once he finished filming Star Wars um, and those movies, he kind of, that's why you saw him as the Joker later on because he did not want to be on camera. And, you know, now here it is late years later, he's kind of learned to accept it and, you know, nobody really cares, but um, yeah, it, it, it really messed with his head and it would not surprise me that that's why Frank Oz brought in Miss Piggy um, to talk to him. Yeah. Like he's probably having a hard time with that. Just you're because of you're not record. finding much that I don't already that I don't already. Hey know. man, I'm so working. You're, you're doing good, man. You're digging. You're yeah. digging. You're digging way back in. Uh, the second best kept secret in the galaxy: Vader's unmasking scene in Return of the Jedi was kept so secret that Vader's actor for the unmasking, Sebastian Shaw, had no idea what he was doing when he showed up on set. His old friend yep. Aaron McDermott saw him on set while McDermott was playing the Emperor, and also saw what that he was doing shaw replied i don't know they haven't told me anything about it except that it was something to do with science fiction yeah so that and um the fact that that luke was his father or he was luke's father yeah um those were the two big secrets on set um because the unmasking was crazy it was crazy yeah that was crazy and, and you know in the see somebody in the else. final one yeah you expect <laughs> to see somebody else but in the final one, you know, when Anakin kind of completes his transformation into Darth Vader, he um, and I'm getting into some of the pre the prequels. I mean the um, the sequels, but um, he uh, they had to make Hayden Christensen taller because the actor that played Darth Vader originally was like three four inches taller than Hayden Christensen was at the time. So literally, when you see him stand up, it's it's Hayden Christensen standing up, but he's on these stilt things, and he doesn't know how to walk on them. And they did that on purpose so that he would kind of stumble, you know, before you hear him scream and all that stuff. But nice. yeah, it that was my my two cents for the day, I guess. <laughs> well, everybody knows about Ford not wanting to play Han Solo anymore after the Empire Strikes Back. That's, That's right. pretty common. That's why they froze him in uh, carbonite, though, because. Lucas wanted to bring him back if he could still. Yep. That yep. Way, there's he, still uh, like a return point. Like they could be like, oh yeah, no, we're just going to unfreeze him now out of the carbonite. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which yep. is perfectly okay and acceptable. And then he came back and he got stabbed. Sorry, did I ruin it for everybody? Oh. <laughs> C3PO is short for Cyborg 3 Protocol. Yep. Okay. Yep. All of them have have different um um 
designations that are all real yeah. and that all have a, a meaning behind them. That's how detailed um, George Lucas's mind was. And, you know, when even now, when Disney's working on stuff, George Lucas will come in whenever he wants. He's literally got keys to the place. He walks in and he says, this is not how this is supposed to be. This is supposed to be like that. And, um, you know, when it came to making um, Star Tours, he said, we've got to do it this way. And this is how we need to make it happen. And Disney would work on it. And then George Lucas would show up and say, okay, this ain't right. This is not the way this would happen and blah, blah, blah. blah. And, um, you know, and I think when we lose George Lucas, we're going to lose a lot of that authenticity. Um, it's, it's not somebody anybody wants to think yeah. about, but it's going to happen. The language of Ewok is combined Tibetan and Nebanese. Yes. Uh, most of the language actually is real. They they had a, um, a linguist. Yeah, they um, used two Asian dialects and just combined them. Yep. So they had a linguist come in and write a lot of that stuff. No, this one also talks about Band Nsig being in pre-preparedness and Attack of the Clones. So yeah, there's, it's it's multiple sources saying that it was true. So I guess that that makes it more true to me at least. When I see yeah. multiple sources. Um, Same thing. Originally, with Jabba the Hutt was played by an Irish man named Deacon Mahoney. Okay. In theatrical releases of the original Star Wars trilogy, the character of Jabba the Hutt was originally played by Deacon. According to George Lucas, he wanted the character of Jabba the Hutt to appear more alien-like, but the available technology at the time was greatly limited due to the special effects. Right. So after the Irish version theatrical run, Lucas reintroduced Jabba in all his slimy glory. And then that's how we and, got Pizza the Hut too. And <laughs> Pizza the Hut. And there's actually there's actually like three people playing him. There's one in the in the head and one in the arms and one in the leg and one in the tail and um and then you got Frank Oz down there doing salacious scrum. Yeah. Which is the or salacious crumb, which is the little <laughs> little guy, you know. Yeah. Um, a little like cheese, yeah. like yeah, yeah. Um, the little little weird dude, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, which I'm, you know, again, I'm glad they changed it. I mean, I can imagine somebody sitting in that trying to do, try to, to make those vocalizations and things, but yeah, that'd be crazy. you got to make it, yeah, you got to make it different, and, and that's the thing. And one of the things that really stuck stuck out in my head about George Lucas when he was talking about how he made star Wars was that when a movie focuses on the special effects, it takes away from the story. And yep. when you focus on the story, the special effects, you try to have to use those to tell that story so that you don't, you're not taking away from that. And I think that's really what, um, what became true, you know, because they took things like a German, pistol and made it into Han Solo's gun and what he had. And, um, you know, but you don't really ever focus on it. You never really look at it really hard. You might get to see a glimpse of it. And I think that's really what, what determines and what kind of moves things in certain directions that, um, um, that help those stories along that make them believable, that make them part of that fantasy. And I think, um, even in today's society with Marvel, with, um, you know, I say Harry Potter, I say, you know, Lord of the Rings, those movies is that 
it's an escape from reality for a lot of people. And a lot of people live in shitty places. I mean, let's just, let's just be real. And it sucks that they have to, you know, go to a movie and kind of escape, but, but it is what it is. And it, 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 it offers, yeah, it, it, it offers that true escapism that you can go bless you that you can, um, you can go do and you know, you can escape to. Yeah. And I think for some people it's sports, for some people it's movies. Um, I don't watch the news because of that reason. Damn. Cause it's just too outrageous and too stupid right now. Yeah. And most of the time it's censored anyway. So That's you just might as well get your information online. You said it. I have a bad feeling about this as uttered in every single Star Wars film, including yes, the latest one, and that was delivered by BB-8 in a sequence of beeps instead. Yep. Told you. It's those phrases, man, that, that like, you know, seep into people's lives and they end up, you know, picking it up. And it's it's just a good escapism. Now, what's your favorite Star Wars game? So the funny thing is, is, and I'm old enough to remember the games that were in the arcade when you like walked up to it and you had the little, the little thing where you're piloting and stuff like that. Um, those were probably the most fun for me because they were brand spanking new. Video games were not something that were, uh, you know, you had to get out of your house and you had to go to the arcade. Or you had to go to the movie theater. You had to go to the bowling alley to play a pinball game. Those were things that were, that were good. I think nowadays, when you look at games like Battlefront, um, when you look at games like Ro- uh, Squadrons, um, things like that, stories are epic. The stories are, and again, you still have George Lucas and his team right there involved with it to make sure that it matches up with what needs to be matched up with. And um, it's, it, I don't think I could tell you what a favorite one is. I can tell you I haven't played all of them because I tend to stay away from them. Um, most of them detract from me from what really is, because a lot of them are, in my opinion, just kind of a, a half-assed a, attempt to try to contribute to the storyline, and it just doesn't work. Um, I'm a bigger fan of the movies, I think. The movies and some of the new TV shows that are coming out. It's probably my good opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some of that newer stuff that they've been doing actually with the new TV show stuff's actually been pretty decent. Well, I think The Mandalorian is yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah, that was really I think, good. I, I think what they're doing... I did not see some of that stuff coming, that twists at the end and shit, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, so, um, and Ahsoka coming out in there, and, you know, that's the thing. when you If, if you ever watched Star Wars Rebels... You knew who Ahsoka was. You know what she was capable of. Um, I'm not, I don't think I'm crazy about the person that they selected to to be her. But I think in the end, she did a great job with it. Um, but um, if you've watched any of that, any of that other surrounding storyline, all of that plays right into it. Because you can watch Star Wars Rebels and see, uh, and even Clone Wars. Now, I knew 
that there was going to be something that came out in Clone Wars that was kind of in between everything um, because you had to have some kind of story for where between where um, Anakin and Obi-Wan became like teacher and mentor or whatever. And then when you jump into the next section, it's like they're legends. And so there's that big, huge gap in there. So that's what the Clone Wars became was, was that story of them being legends. In addition to telling, you know, how Yoda was being the way he was. And, you know, you had to gap bridge that gap somewhere. Yeah. I think that was a good place to do it. I never understood how, I guess it's a, it's a prequel. It makes sense. But like, Yoda was supposedly during like the entire series supposed to be like the last of his kind, but then we get uh Grogu as this child of that is clearly of Yoda descent. What the hell? Like how are, are, how are they gonna keep going? Are they gonna like are we gonna get like a Grogu story? Because I'd like a Grogu story or something, man. Like I wanna know where I the think, hell he came from. I think the Mandalorian is a hundred percent going to line up with that Grogu story. I think, I, yeah, I mean, I think you know gonna they're going to do something with that. They made so much money off that fucking little dude. Oh my god, dude! They got to keep pumping. The they child. want, they want to keep pumping that money, so they yeah. got to make another fucking ship for the child, man. Uh, the only thing that I have that is Grogu is is my my giant ass Mandalorian bobblehead. Nice with a little bitty one. Yeah, with with the Grogu on there. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing that I have, but, um, it's, it's one of those things, man. It's, it's, um, you're right. They've got to keep pumping that, that, you know, that revenue in. Um, I think that a lot of that is what they're looking at, but it's a moneymaker, man. Oh yeah. Everybody loves the child. Oh yeah, man. Because he's so cute. When you give an adorable, (laughs) that's why everybody loved Yoda because he was adorable. Like literally, that's why Yoda has like his own Furby. I literally had the Yoda Furby in the '90s, man, because that was like the the Furby. That was the only Furby I wanted was the Yoda one because I was like, I want to set him in front of MTV and make him cuss. (laughs) (laughs) Make him cuss. I want to hear Yoda cuss, and you can do that. Because they learn. That is hilarious. If you set them in front of MTV all day, they will learn cuss words. That is hilarious. At least the nineties, they would have. <laughs> <laughs> well, they wouldn't cuss too bad. No. You know, back in the nineties, wouldn't have been too awful bad. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Carrie Fisher refused to use the modesty tape during that filming of the whole thing with uh, Job of the Hut and everything. So they had to retape that a lot because there's a lot of Carrie Fisher nipple out there in the universe somewhere. Yeah, that footage that nobody yeah. got to see. I have purposely not gone to look for it. So <laughs> not that not I mean, you know. And she was she was she was hot back then. Apparently Ewan McGregor continuously <laughs> made lightsaber noises while filming fight scenes. Oh yeah. He would make the noises as he was doing it. And you're like, okay, you gotta stop. You gotta stop. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Cause you know it's it, it's irresistible to do that, you know? Because he probably he was like I built it in habit because he probably did it like Back in the day. Oh, do it as your kid, yeah. man. I swear. Oh, man. That's crazy. Uh, now, what's your favorite character? Or. Characters. Uh, um, 
probably R2-D2 is my favorite because he's in all nine of the films right now. Um, him and C-3PO are the only two characters that are in every single film. Um, he, you know, because he didn't get the wipe in, uh, in A New Hope, you know, he's got all these memories. I mean, he's just, so he's got, he's got more of a personality than anything. Um, that and Chewy, I'm a big Chewy fan. I'm a big Chewy fan. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, it's Chewy. And and just in 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 Empire Strikes Back at the very beginning when they're doing the snow scene, you know, and they're looking at the probe droid, you know, and Chewie kind of pops up, kind of looks around, and and everything's blowing, and all his fur is blowing in the direction, and he's got like snow whacked onto his face. That to me is just like, man, that's a cool scene. Yeah, that's a cool scene. You know, you, you forget at that point that this is an actor in a costume. What? Apparently Yoda originally had a first name. In early drafts of the screenplay, Yoda was actually named Buffy, which was completely changed to subsequent drafts to the full name Minch Yoda and then shortened to just Yoda. So now that makes... Oh my god, that makes Spaceballs even funnier because they used, <laughs> because of Mel Gibson playing a Jewish fucking, like dude as yoda and that as just yoda. makes it funnier than fuck because like minch yoda may the schwartz be with you oh my god oh my god Spaceballs is getting even better now with all these random facts about fucking oh, star wars dude. yes because they um, were going Spaceballs like is the best Spaceballs was going hard with like the like random facts that we just didn't know about like they, yeah. they were making fun of right there and with I that shit pop those four factors in yeah yeah Oh man! Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Han Solo's best line was an ad lib: "The fateful exchange between Princess Leia and Han Solo before he's frozen in carbonite." Leia says, "I love you," and Solo quips, "I know." But the exchange was written the way the script had had Solo responding, "I love you too," but being potentially never seen as true love again before Kershaw and Ford agreed to the line was all wrong for a charming rogue like Han Solo. So in a few yep. takes before lunch, Kirshner switched things up, forcing Ford to think on his feet and then called action. And then so he said, I know, instead of I love you. That's great. Yep. You know, that's the thing with Harrison Ford. A lot of the great things that he did was ad-libbed. totally ad-libbed. Yeah. You know, in Indiana Jones, when he when he squares off against the main, one of the main Arabian sword fighter dudes, you know, the guy pulls out the sword and he goes... And spins it all up and everything, and and hand, um, Han, uh, Harrison Ford just kind of reaches out and just shoots him. Um, you know that was ad lib because Harrison Ford had a temperature of like 110 that day, or 105 that day, and he was still working. So a lot of what his really good lines were were just ad lib. So yeah, he he's he's known to do that. Yeah, he's he's known to do that. But I think that is time for today. We got to get ready for our stream here. And I need to get something to eat before stream. And that is in like an hour. So. Well, you guys have been, have been, it's been a blast, man. I mean, we try I know to make we it get fun. sidetracked, but. Oh, yeah. We're, uh, well, that's the whole point. I mean, fun. look at Joe Rogan's fucking podcast, man. He does the same shit. 
you get sidetracked and they just go off and do whatever the left field and they come back to the subject for a little bit and then they go off in the left field and it's worked for him and he's made millions so let's fucking it can't hurt that's right just let people talk man and just have good conversations that's what i say absolutely yeah just hit me up man all right man let's play that outro sounds good Thanks for listening to the Smoke Circle Podcast. And check us out on twitch.tv slash smoke underscore circle. Or on YouTube at smoke underscore circle. And at Twitter at smoke circle one. Until next time. Oh.